The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. Great evening, everybody, and welcome in as we march through the business season. I'm Jeff Joniak, along with my broadcast partner from News Radio 1059 WBBM, the great Tom Thayer. Oh, no day is peaceful in the business season. Not anymore, anyway. If this is the future of the National Football League, these last two weeks, Tom, I'm all in because it's so much fun. You just don't know what's going to happen next. Big trade today involving. One of the best receivers in the NFL, certainly uh, arguably the fastest in Tyreek Hill going over from Kansas City to Miami for five draft picks, and then he gets paid a bundle. That's just scratching the surface of our night. Coming up, we're going to be joined by our good friend and weekly guest, Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio. And then coming up at the bottom of the hour, the newest Bear and uh, starting center, Lucas Patrick, will join the program, one of the Bears' early free agent signings. Tom, good evening. How you doing? Well, you know, a couple commercials right before we came on the air, they used the word unprecedented. And this offseason is unprecedented. And the amount of money that some of these guys are getting, the movement of the quarterback position, what they're doing in the AFC, the coaching changes and the personnel movement, even with our Chicago Bears, it's just unbelievable. And Tariq, uh, Tariq Hill, he's the fastest receiver in the league. He's not one of the best receivers in the league. This is a guy that they paid for, you know, what he is as a weapon. When you look at the best receivers in the National Football League, I, I would, you know, Devontae Adams and so on and so forth come to mind. And if he was the best receiver in the league and he was playing with Patrick Mahomes as he was the last couple of years, then I think that he would be even more explosive than he has the capability of being. So there's a fine line between fast and and uh, the best receiver in the league. The, the thing I got to debate you on, though, uh, honestly, it's the fear factor that he instills in a defense. You can't. There's no such thing as deepest of the deep with that guy. And no. granted, uh, Kelsey opens up the field, and you know everybody's searching for this stuff. Everybody's searching for speed. Bears want speed. They want speed on both sides of the ball, and so that's what what Miami paid for there, and to stretch the field and give to us something deep. And boy, I just. That one I didn't see coming, uh, but I didn't see a lot of things coming this, this offseason. But uh, the quarterback carousel and, and what's been going on and the load-up in the AFC overall. But uh, this week, I mean, we all respect Matt Ryan, Tom. Great respect for Matt Ryan, and Atlanta did him, did him right, sent him to where the, the team he wanted to go. If he's not going to be in Atlanta, and I think he was probably put off a bit on what happened there and their uh, dalliance with uh, Deshaun Watson, who could have wound up there, but Cleveland just opened up the vault. And he goes to the Indianapolis Colts. And I think that's a nice situation for a guy in the the back end of his career, 14 years in, and still a guy that can get the ball up and down the field. Right. And the pressure is enormous because they brought him here to win a Super Bowl. They didn't bring him here on a couple-year deal to come and get settled in your first year and let's make a run for it by next year because you never know what's going to be happening next year on the board. And uh, so, you know, you go back to the 80s when the Bears had Willie Galt. The reason they had Willie Galt is because the first couple plays of each game, they, they sent him downfield and they got they exposed his speed. So now all the defensive backs were on high alert. Does Tua down in Miami have the arm to throw it to Tariq Hill 
if he opens it up and he is has no hesitation from the line of scrimmage. So yeah, there's going to be so many question marks going into the season. Um, you know, still where what's the landing spot for a couple guys out there, and uh, you know, but. This is Bears all access, so yes, that's my exactly. that's my but that's my concern. Bears play the Dolphins this year, so <laughs> it'll it'll be in a regular season. The Bears will be facing the, the Miami Dolphins. In fact, the the quarterbacks that they will face, I think Brad Biggs from the Tribune uh, put this all together this year. Obviously, you, you've got the the guys in the division: Goff, Rogers, Cousins. Then you got Dak, you got Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, Jared Allen, Tua, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson of the Jets. Davis Mills for the time being in Houston, Trey Lance, and uh, I guess Marcus Mariota now in Atlanta. So those are the quarterbacks. And I always, whenever the schedule comes out of teams you're going to play, not necessarily when you're going to play them, I always start with the quarterbacks you're going to face, and then I look at the, the pass rushers you've got to stop. And that's, what I, that's where I begin the process because, again, you don't know who's going to be where or if they're going to be healthy enough to play the week they play but. That's where I start. Where do you start when you look at a schedule with the Bears? <laughs> you know me, temperature. Jeff. First of all, temperature. yeah, I look at temperature. Is there any extreme, <laughs> either on the front end or the back end? Uh, when when do they do they play Miami in Miami? When will that be? Because those are game changers, Jeff. Jeff, you and I have sat on the sideline of that Miami Dolphins stadium where it was been over 100 degrees, and I'm sweating profusely while I'm standing there with a the microphone in my hand, and it's the same thing I thought about as a player because the extreme heat made me uncomfortable. But now – it's almost you're going to have to okay let's let's wait and think about the teams until the ro- the regular season roster comes out because that's when we'll know a lot more about these guys. When you look at these incomplete rosters, the draft is yet to take place, free agency is still going on. Honestly, unless you're a veteran team that has all the pieces in place, most like Indianapolis Colts where they just bring in a fresh quarterback, there's so many changes, you know, tell me the four receivers that are going to line up in the first four wide receiver package for the Green Bay Packers, you know, things like that. So there's so much uncertainty right now. It's fun to speculate and it's fun to talk about. Well, you'll be having to know the Dolphins are at Soldier Field this year. And as I look at it, Dallas is indoors. Uh, you know, you got you got cold weather games. Atlanta's indoors. There's not going to be. You're not going to have to worry about sweating this year, Tom, unless it's an extraordinarily <laughs> warm day somewhere in in the NFC North. Uh, coming up in moments, we'll be joined by Jim Miller. Uh, but Tom, some business that the Bears took care of this this week, adding more options on the offensive line. Dakota Dozier, a, a veteran, added this week. The fullback, Kari Blassing, game from from Tennessee, and to me, that's an important. He's 25. He's six feet two thirty-three. So, Tom, is that another signal that this is going to be? Because this is the first true fullback on the roster since twenty eighteen, Michael Burton. But a true fullback was this going to instill the idea that you are going to be physical, mashing football team? Well, Jeff, last year at fourth and one, the Bears were nine of fifteen for sixty percent. Uh, their opponents were 10 of 14. On third and two or less, the Bears are 25 of 41. So every time I saw them get into a formation that didn't help win a third and one and a fourth and one, whether it's the quarterback in shotgun with no lead back, all those types of things, it just screams fullback to me. And if you have a guy that's willing to put his head down and charge at that oncoming linebacker and create that two to three yards they need to continue the drive to keep their offense on the field, I'm all for it. Because I know those are smaller, small sample sizes of fourth and one and third and two or less, 
But you got to be successful if you're going to be an offense that's going to stay on the field. This is Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy tonight. Glad you're with us here on this Wednesday night with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Coming up next, Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio and Lucas Patrick, the newest Bears offensive lineman, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Again, this is Bears All Access. Glad you're here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With my broadcast partner, Tom Thayer, and now our weekly guest, Big Bad Jim Miller, former Chicago Bears quarterback, leading that 2001 playoff run. And now the man at SiriusXM NFL Radio is moving the chains with Pat Kerwin, enjoying the business season as we touched on last week, Jim. Uh, it keeps getting better and better and more and more interesting. How, how do you put this in all perspective? It really is. It's fire. Remember how teams, I mean, now draft picks are like <laughs> uh, like uh, Halloween candies. You just pass them out, right? Remember how <laughs> you used to just, you know, hey, man, we, we believe in uh, building our team through the draft, re-signing our own, all those type of things. But it, it's kind of a now league now. You, it, I think these general managers, they feel the pressure. They know it's not going to be a, a decade or, or longer job like it used to be. And so they're wheeling and dealing, man. They're making moves. And that move today, I mean, Miami basically re-signed their whole defense. They you know, signed Terrell, uh, or Toronto Armstead. Uh, they brought in Connor Williams to play left guard. That now you've already got Waddle, who's a number one. They signed Cedric Wilson, who's a true number three, and then you trade for for uh, uh, Tyree Kill. I mean, they're kind of a now team. They got Jacecki at the at the franchise tag at the tight end position. They brought in two running backs, so they're kind of a now team right now. And and I think even signing Teddy Bridgewater, who was kind of coy on, well, you know, we'll leave that discussion with the coach and myself about what my role is here. But basically, saying if two uh, falters. Teddy's going to play. They're they're kind of a now team. So, you know, we saw last year the Bengals flipped the switch and they went from worst to first, and Miami's kind of all in right now. But you're right, man. It's fireworks every single day. It's been fireworks since uh, even before the tampering window, what the, the trades that have gone down this year. So pretty amazing. Jim, do you think that uh... – Tua has the arm for Hill that he, if, if you're going to really open him up, giving him an opportunity to leave the line of scrimmage straight downfield, do you believe he has the arm for him? And, uh, you know, because I know that he's blessed with, you know, the best speed in the NFL, but you have to have an arm that matches up yeah. with that. Yeah, he can get it out there. You know, he's, he can, he's made some big throws at Alabama, but he's just, he's not overpowering with his throws. I don't think that offense is really built on run after the catch. Think all the slant routes Jimmy Garoppolo threw last year. They run a lot of X shallow cross, Z drives, things like that. But if you're asking Tua to like drive 16-yard in cuts or drive 18-yard comebacks, that's not his forte. He can't really throw the the fastball. He can get it out there probably about 70 yards at tops for but it's it's a soft ball is what he throws. You know, and it's really about the the timing of it. They're going to run a lot of wide receiver screens, slant routes, intermediate passes, focus on the run game, a lot of bootlegs. They're going to run a boatload of jet sweeps with Waddle and Tyree Kill, you know, and just get him in space. That's where where his where he's so dangerous. And you're right, they'll mix in some go routes here and there and to say, hey, Tua, take a shot just to keep him honest defensively. Bottom line is they won seven games at the end of the year last year. They did it with defense. And they're they're putting all their money in the offense. And if Tua fails, 
this is kind of it for him. You know, it would be my take. You know, it's kind of uh, incomplete in terms of his grade, right? He came in, he had the injury with the hip, and he admitted he didn't get in the playbook, admitted he didn't work hard enough. Then, then they changed offensive coordinators. Last year was, eh, was better. You know, it wasn't great, but it was better. And now, you know, Mike McDaniel didn't draft him, right? He's a coach that was there prior to Tua. He says he's all in with them, but if he fails, they're going to go to Teddy Bridgewater. That's basically what it is. Says they feel that they, they've invested a lot in it, around that quarterback. Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This is Bears All Access with Brian Callahan, our producer. Thanks to Dan Brilli as well this week. All right, so let's look at what the Bears have done. A modest trip through free agency at the moment, and many more options will present themselves all the way up and through training camp with cuts. I think this team will continue to look for, for deals that will fill the roster with the type of people they, they'd like to have here, either uh, to kind of set a foundation or guys that they're going to hook their wagon to uh, with longer-term opportunities or prove-it deals, as has been the case. Jim, we'll, we'll continue with you real quick here on, on just what they've added this week. couple of receivers, Byron Pringle and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We're going to hear from Lucas Patrick here at the bottom of the hour. you got on defense al Quadine, Mohamed, Nicholas Morrow, Justin Jones, Joe Thomas earlier in the offseason. you got... Uh, Dakota Dozier on the offensive line as well. Uh, they took a look at former Northwestern quarterback Trevor Simeon uh, the other day, according to multiple reports on the NFL Wire. So in in whole, I'll start with Jim Head to Tom, and what's your, what's your look at this so far? Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate what happened with uh, Ogun, uh, Ogunjobi. You know, I think that was the, the guy that they want to sign, but quickly – uh, changed and you always got to have one or two guys you're going after, and they signed Justin Jones. So now I still think three technique needs to be a priority in in the draft. It, now if they're able to uh, to move up and position themselves uh, to to get a three technique, I think is is critical. I, you know, I like even today's signing. I mean, there's no harm in following in Dakota Dozier on the practice squad all last year uh, for Minnesota. He's a, he's a guy who's played. He started 27 games and. He'll, you know, if he has, uh, you know, if he has an opportunity to get in there and play, but I think he's more depth uh, from that standpoint. And and again, I think for the, for the Bears, it's not like they can be huge spenders in free agency. You know the, you know, I'd mentioned I I would have liked Teron Armstead, but five years, seventy five million dollars. I think that's uh that's pretty pricey. You know, but that's what the big guys are, are going to – That next year I think will be where the Bears do that. So I think they're being fiscally responsible. Uh, next year is probably the year they dive in, but they're getting good quality players in a buyer's market that can play. Like Nicholas Moreau, that's a good linebacker, man. That guy is very good in coverage. I like that signing uh, from that standpoint. And bringing in guys offensively, as we mentioned, that know the offense, whether it's Lucas Patrick or St. Brown in the receivers, as I mentioned, that, that have familiarity. Byron Pringle, I've got no issue with at all. I mean, that's an up-and-coming player. He kind of carved out more opportunities for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's in that young window of free agents you do want to sign, and it's just a one-year, $4 million deal. So there's no harm, no foul there from that standpoint. Look at Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, that was a, a one-year, th- I think, 3.25. Yes, he's got incentives uh, to make big money, but for him it was about going to play with uh, Patrick Mahomes and be with the Kansas City Chiefs. But, I mean, it's kind of a buyer's market right now, and there's still a lot of good players out there uh, that Ryan Poles can tap into. 
Well, you know, one thing makes me nervous when you talk about the Armstead contract and what he got to move over to the Dolphins. If next year we're doing the same show at this time of the year and we're talking about how can you go out there and tap into the NFL offensive line free agent market, then that either means the two young guys they drafted are not going to be successful in the NFL and I think that's that's a big setback because if you can get success out of Larry Borum, you got a deal there because where you were drafted yep. him and he showed he has the ability to be a starter. Now, if he matures this offseason and comes in, and I, I like I said, I like Larry, and I, he comes in with that attitude and that mentality of being a dedicated 17-game-a-year starter. And then we also have to look at their body differences because when you look at Dozier and Patrick, two guys are bringing in, they are that 6'3", 6'4", 310-pound template that Ryan Poles is talking about. So I'm really interested to see the transformation because I don't think you can ask Justin Fields to go out there and attempt to be a good quarterback according to his athleticism and be unprotected at times. So, um, you know, going into this offseason – I, I like the fact that they're going out there and trying to bring in offensive linemen with versatility and experience to try to make the uh, training camp more competitive. All right, time to step away for another break. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Lucas Patrick, Bears offensive lineman, joining the program. This is Bears All Access tonight with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and our special guest each week, Jim Miller from SiriusXM, NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. As we get you set for our interview with Lucas Patrick here at the bottom of the hour and work our way towards the NFL owners meetings this week. We'll touch on that with Jim on just what might transpire over the week. We'll hear from general manager Ryan Poles. We'll hear from head coach Matt Eberflus as well uh, next week. And so that'll be the first time Polls addresses, uh, other than the statements that have been released uh, through the organization, uh, his take on free agency and how things have gone so far. Uh, Tom, overall, you like to you always bring up things like pressure. Who's going to be dealing with the most pressure at any given time, at any juncture in the season, leading into the season? And let's take a look at the NFC North because you would like to know which quarterback is under the most pressure? And there's many different contexts to that because you often think, well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any pressure, right? He, he, he's got the money. He's back in Green Bay. He thinks he's always going to be in charge of everything that goes on in terms of the win-loss record, and they have had that with him. Then you got the uncertainty. Will Detroit go for a young quarterback? You got Minnesota giving Kirk Cousins a restructure, and then you got Justin Fields. So break it all down and where you think the most pressure lies because – well, I think it's always ever present. <laughs> well, yeah, to me, the you know, there's a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers because with the amount of money he took, you know, we said if you can tell me the four receivers that are going to line up there day one of the season, 
you know, you'd win some type of award because I think there's so much certainty. And when you go and you sign Aaron Rodgers to that much money, it's Super Bowl or bust. There is no continue to develop, uh, learn with your new, you know, your new coaching staff over there. Try to supply enough to this football team of a positive messages during the offseason that everybody's excited to see you and not, you know, shine away from you. And then you look at Jared Goff when he went through that big trade and what Matthew Stafford went and did with the team that, you know, that they they switch teams and Stafford goes and wins the Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins, here's a guy that's been, you know, taking a lot of money each and every one of the years that he's been with Washington and now Minnesota. And so what they seem to be ready to offer him another year. And then you look at Justin Fields because this is the guy is just – at the the tip of the iceberg. I mean, his whole career, his whole future is ahead of him. And when you look at his athleticism and his development coming in with a new coaching staff, you know, he's the type, he's the guy that can come in here and have a second year that a lot of these, you know, great quarterbacks end up having. He could change the whole culture of your football team. Green Bay is what it's going to be. Minnesota is what it's going to be. In Detroit, there's still some question marks, but you don't have a young, inexperienced quarterback. So now when I look at the the pressure on the quarterbacks, I think Aaron still has the most pressure on him, but the guy that can take the biggest leap in success is Justin. Jim? Yeah, I think uh, Justin is going to make a, a big leap. You know, there, there, there's just no doubt. Just his routine, how he prepares. He's now experienced the length of the season, how game planning uh, is, is gone about in the NFL, uh, how, uh, you know, just how you watch film in terms of your third down reels, your red zone reels, and how everything is kind of compartmentalized. I think that's a process you get used to from your first year uh, to your second year, and he's just going to be physically more prepared uh, for for the challenge that he's got to that he's got to go through the, this offseason. The earlier he gets in the playbook, the better. We've already gone over that hurdle of calling plays in the huddle and taking command and how you accentuate your voice and all those things. And he's learned all those and was, was able to accomplish some of those things. He, he really has never done at the collegiate level what is demanded at the pros. But again, now it's the process of learning a new offense. There's going to be some carryover. There's no doubt about that. But you know, Luke Getzey is going to want to hey, maybe read some things differently here. Maybe uh, the progression reads might be different on certain plays that may be similar principles. Um, like I said, he's got to dive into protections in knowing them against what blitzes, where you're picked up, where you're not, where you have to throw hot, reading coverages, where to attack them, where they're, they're weak. So there's just a greater understanding overall, and it'll probably come quicker to him this year, but yet it still is new in a lot of ways cuz he's going to be learning some some new philosophies and and new uh you know basically topics that are going to be uh covered so it's it's not stop for me I you know I was relentless about it you can never get away from it um you know you just you can't you know you just you got to plow through it and you got to put the 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 time in and I think he he will it's important to him um and we'll we'll see what happens. He's got the talent. There's no doubt about that. He's got the talent, and he needs players, and he's got to be able to do that too. Not only does he need players around him, he's got to elevate their level of play. You know, he really does. And so all those are, and it's a lot coming at him. And but I think he's up for the challenge. He's a talented young man. 
begins up front, of course, and then adding those pieces to the puzzle. We expect further development in a a third year for Cole Komet. Looking for more development, obviously, from Darnell Mooney, seeing what the new receivers are going to bring to the mix. I'm assuming that they will bring in a rookie through the draft in that regard as well. Uh, What else are they going to do at tight end? Because right now there are two on the roster, Jasper Horstead, Cole Komet. So there will be new bodies there, offensive line still up in the air and exactly what direction they're going to go. And at the at the running back position, you have the most uh, stability right now with David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and the addition of uh, Darrington Evanson and Kari Blassingame. Those, those are the guys that are coming into the mix to help out. Uh, so it, it'll be, it'll be a, a very interesting process all the way up through training camp. I really believe that because if there's something that, you know, may be available out there, uh, they're going to continue to add to those uh, positions and try to make it as uh, uh, easy transition time as possible into this third year, or second year rather, for uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, you know, I mean, do you have the luxury to bring in players that are more mature in their career and they're going to offer you a limited amount of snaps? Or is everything a youth movement here? And so when you look at the tight end position with the Bears and you look at Cole Komet and Jesper Horstead, they, you know, they're inexperienced guys for the most part. And then what you look at Green Bay when they always had Mercedes Lewis, they always had a guy on the roster at the tight end position is going to give you valuable experience within the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see if there are, you know, tight ends kind of a unique position. It's not the Bears are out there looking for a another Jason Peter for the offensive line. And if there's a position they can bring in that type of experience in multiple offenses and can be a blocker and not not looking for those, you know, 80, 90 receptions a year, you know, that, that's going to be interesting for the, the Bears personnel department to answer. All right, that's Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak here on uh, Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score will take another break. Again, we thank you for listening tonight, and we will have Lucas Patrick coming here shortly on Chicago Sports Radio. 670, the score. The Miller Lite Bears draft party back at Soldier Field with an on-field access and locker room tour. Tickets on sale now at chicagobears.com slash draft party as we inch toward April on the start of then what becomes the offseason. The program begins April 4th with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. I'm Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Pleased to be joined by the newest Chicago Bear offensive lineman, Lucas Patrick. Good evening. Thanks for coming on and spending a few minutes with us. Uh, before we get into your arrival here with the Bears, um, as a football guy now, seven years, you're no rookie, you're no young buck, you've been around uh, we all have been commenting before you got on about just how crazy these last two weeks have been. Unprecedented is the word Tom used to describe this free agent frenzy, trades of big names. Have you ever seen anything like it? And from a player's perspective, how do you feel about it? Um, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, but you know what? It's been it's just been exciting. Uh, I think as a player, uh, it's been cool to watch guys guys you see signed um kind of go to teams or you see the fits and schemes like you understand why certain guys are going to certain teams but then also just being a fan uh of the league too and just seeing the excitement and in possible you know teams that are developing across the league i think it's great i mean uh you know, I think it's also good for the the media market because we've been in the news pretty much every day so that's always exciting <laughs> 
Yes, it is. And you were a part of that. So, and uh, again, thank you for joining us because I uh, love to have you. Love your enthusiasm. And, and I love what you put out there right away at, at the news conference with the media. Uh, quote, I'm quoting you now, we're going to win some games. <laughs> and, and that's what fans want to hear. They want to hear that, that vibrant uh, possibility turn into reality. And you, you got to as a player coming in. And, and you're used to winning, to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah, very, very used to winning, very used to a winning culture. Um, but I think one thing that's, you know, underestimated is just a winning mindset day in, day out, because uh, everyone thinks the games are won on Sunday, but I've got a firm belief that you win them, you know, Wednesday through Saturday in your prep. And uh, that's one thing that I've taken from my previous organization is that uh, you don't just show up on Sundays in the NFL because uh, – you never know what will happen. Um, but if you prepare right, you do everything right, then you just have that much – you have that greater of a chance of winning. Hey, Lucas, how you doing? My name's Tom Thayer. I'm a former offensive lineman. Um, welcome aboard. Welcome to Chicago. You know, so at the before you came on the air, Jeff introduced you as the starting center for the Chicago Bears. So what can you learn from an experienced center-quarterback relationship that you've been in that you can help bring it to a young guy uh, like Justin Fields? Um, I think, you know, one thing that I learned from the previous quarterback that I worked with was um, consistency and uh, a standard. So um, we all knew his standard, and he also expected a certain standard out of everyone. Um, And that's just something that, you know, I'll be able to come in and either help instill or help, you know, even whatever Justin's been doing is I think it's also good to echo or, or reinforce what he's doing because he's clearly been doing a ton of things well to get to this point. And um, so, yeah, really, really just there to support him and, and kind of whatever message he wants to bring, be uh, be one of the first guys to jump right behind him and, and echo what he's saying. So, you know, one thing Ryan Pohl said immediately after he came aboard was kind of changing the template of the Bears' offensive line from what it was in the last couple of years to where he wants to go. And it seems like you're the exact size uh, of a guy that he wants to bring in. Is this something that you're comfortable with? Is um, is this what they've always encouraged you to be at this weight and, you know, the, the size you are? Or is there anything that you need to change at this stage in your career? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think when I, when I shifted into this offense in 2019, I definitely had to change my body composition a, a little bit. Um, and there, there, you know, there is some stuff that will help in this offense when you're kind of a leaner, you're able to run off the ball and, and play the game how it's supposed to be played. And, you know, it's something you got to stay up on your conditioning and look at your body fat composition. Um, but we are going to run the ball. We're going to, you know, do some things. Um, still old school, so you can't just necessarily be out there all light and you know, right? Not not moving people. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's an exciting offense, and it's one that I've I've really gro- grown to love. And I think it's uh, it's an old lineman's dream offense. You know, we we want to run the ball well to set the pass and and get things rolling and make things as friendly as we can for number one. Lucas Jim Miller here. Congratulations and hey, welcome. You made a good decision coming over from the dark side, man. Good, to, good to have you. 
So, but uh, <laughs> let me ask you this because all the things you just said there, I, I love it from that standpoint. How, you know, it's not only just bringing along a young Justin Fields, got a couple of young tackles. We talk about Tevin Jenkins and, and Larry Borm. And how quickly is the pace of install? Because I assume Luke Getze, he's going to have a, a pace of what he wants to install things and, and how quickly to get this thing up and running with having guys experienced like yourself in this system that really can disseminate it to all the offensive linemen and even the tight ends for, uh, for that matter. Um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, coach Getzey is, he's an amazing teacher. Um, so any install is, is easier with him and previous coaches that I've worked with. Um, they, he just has a way of relating the information to you so well, but the, the nice part about, this offense and specifically the run schemes we really got to dive into up front is they're very complimentary and there's a, uh, there's an easier way to categorize them in both the, how many backs we have in the backfield to, you know, if we're running stronger week or if we're running um, certain plays, depending on Mike declarations or, or whatever that you can kind of put them into a, you know, I'll go old school, a Rolodex, you know, and, uh, sit there and kind of be like rely on this play and why it marries with this play because um, a lot of football sometimes is taught X's and O's, but Coach Getzey is really good at teaching the why for the X's and O's, which I think helps players uh, take the information and understand conceptually and not just assignment. Lucas Patrick. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Jim, go ahead. I cut you off. Sorry. I was just going to ask you, um, you know, it was great playing with, with Olin Cruz because he used to challenge me as a, as a quarterback. I mean, he literally could see the secondary and we, you know, I took pride on not missing blitzes. And of course, every now and then he would, he would correct me and recall the mic and things like that. So it was fun. It was a really good back and forth, but I was, a, I was a veteran quarterback from that standpoint. You know, how can you break out in those discussions with young uh, Justin Fields and say, hey, man, this is what I'm seeing. You know, what are you seeing on this? Will you make a recall here? Or, you know, maybe just touch on that a little bit of the conversations that you do have uh, with your quarterback to make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah, um, I guess I'll, I'll go football nerd on you, but um, <laughs> I, th- I think you got to understand these protections, how many can handle three to four strong or two to three weak, yep. and really understanding the schemes of defenses and understanding – you know, where linebacker location is, is tends to give away where they can overload a pressure, where they can bring a combo pressure and, and watching film in that way. And also playing with the quarterback I did for the last six years, he was in an offense for most of 10 to 15 years. So, you know, there's protection adjustments and there's the adjustments for the adjustments. And then he took that into the new offense. Um, You know, and that's something I hope to, hope to get Justin on the same page with is that, you know, you can protect for four strong and one protection, but there's also different ways to do it and, and different calls that can, you know, make a hot throw easier or make a protection adjustment easier by using a different verbiage or a different principle of the protection. So um, really just trying to bring a full toolbox and, and trying to, you know, use the best tool at the right time because, at the end of the day, play clock's winding down, and to pass information quickly and, and very concisely is the most important thing. Lucas Patrick, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy with former Chicago Bears Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak. Uh, Lucas, you come from Brentwood, Tennessee. Uh, what's that, about 10, 10 minutes from downtown Nashville? 
And by way of Duke, uh, one, what was your major at Duke? I should have looked it up, but I'm going to ask you instead. <laughs> and, and second of all, Jim just mentioned Olin Krutz, who I felt was a very smart football player and a nasty guy up front. You don't want to mess with Olin. You didn't want to mess with Jay Hilgenberg and Tom Thayer and Mark Bortz on the Bears' 85 Super Bowl offensive line with Jimbo Covert at one side and Keith Van Horn on the other. And I've always felt you kind of have to have an alpha or two on the offensive line. That being said, would you major in at Duke, and do you feel you're an alpha-type personality football player? Um, so I majored in history, minored in education. Um, so really using all of that in my current <laughs> profession. <laughs> well, what drew you to history, first of all? Um, you know, I've always just enjoyed history. Um, it was something that was interesting to me, and when I first showed up to Duke, um, uh, tried to do something significantly harder and quickly found out I wasn't uh, cut for that standard. So moved into something where I could write some papers and talk my way through answers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, to, to speak on uh, Owen, I mean, his career is something I think any player would dream to have and just the style of football he played and, and how consistent he was. Um, yeah, he, he is, he is the standard and, you know, if if that's you know, if that's anything I can bring, that's you know maybe one to five percent of what he did. Then I would call it a successful career. Or what I bring into the Bears, Lucas. Just think, if you become the longest tenured Bear to ever wear a Duke uniform, that means you're going to play well <laughs> over 300 games because that is Patrick Manley. But you know, Lucas, in the times that I've gone through coaching changes in my career, I always kind of listen to the first couple times they address the media at the podium. And when Matt Eberflus says, I, these guys, they better bring their running shoes, I didn't know if he meant the running game or you guys better be ready to run. Does that kind of, you ever think about what that means in terms of what you got to be ready for once you guys come all together on the field? Well, I think it's two-sided, and judging from uh, the conditioning packet I got, which I ran this morning, <laughs> um, trust me, I'm, I'm going to bring my track shoes, not my running shoes. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just a mentality, and I think that's uh, one of the great things that he did in his previous spot, and, and, and we played against them, and their, their whole defense played tough and relentless, and I, I'd say speed. I mean, literally, when you were playing the Colts, it was like speed everywhere. You just – you everyone was running um and it was it was exhausting like to play against a team like that and to know that that's your head coach's you know he wants everyone to have that exhausting play football how it's supposed to be and pretty much make the team have to beat you not only x's and o's but physically and mentally it'll wear a team out and i think it's a, a great advantage that we can play to Okay, I've been to Nashville. I've been to Green Bay. Nashville's growing. They got all the boom bars there and everything. It's growing. You you've been up to Green yeah. Bay, Appleton. Now you're in the big city, bro. I mean, how are you getting yeah. acclimated? Um, you know, there's a little there's a few more things to do than probably walking around Best Buy in Green Bay or going to Dave and Buster's. But uh no, I it 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 truly is an honor to play for the two most historic franchises in the NFL and to be a part of this rivalry on both sides. Um, it's a, it's a true blessing. And, and, you know, I know there's not too many players who have had this honor. Um, but yeah, we're, we're adjusting to Chicago right now and, uh, looking at homes and 
there's there's a lot more to do, but it's it's exciting. And my wife and I, we took numerous trips down to Chicago during our time in Green Bay because of how close it was. And we loved the city. We loved the uh, the energy around it. And, I mean, it's a sports town. You, you can't pretty much go more than a few weeks without watching some type of, you know, major sports. So we're, we're super, super excited and fired up to be there. We do love our town. We do love the sports mentality and the passion of the fan base. Certainly no more greater than uh, Chicago Bears fans. So appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time tonight. and Come back and join us again, will you? Good luck this season. Definitely definitely will do, and I appreciate all y'all and uh, looking forward to it. Good to have you. Thanks. Lucas Patrick, the Bears' new offensive lineman, playing center as it stands right now for the Chicago Bears at 2022 and beyond. We'll take another break, our final one tonight before our final segment with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. CDW, people to get it. Learn more at CDW.com with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak. From uh, your home to ours here at The Score, uh, you know, we got a great producer here, Brian Callahan. And, you know, Tom, I'm not I'm not good, Jim, either, about remembering names and faces. And he just reminded me that he used to be the uh, what, highlight coordinator. Is that what it was? Highlight coordinator on the Bears broadcast. So I've been pretend like I. I mean, you know, that's when you know you're starting to lose it a little bit, Tom. I'm starting to lose. I can't remember everybody. Either I'm getting too old, or we've had, uh, you know, just a lot of great people on the broadcast. So well, don't thank you brag for pointing about, that out, Brian. Yeah. Don't brag about it. Uh, <laughs> not brag. That's not something to brag about. That's that's for sure. Uh, I really enjoyed Lucas Patrick. Uh, I think this is, uh, you know, what it is, fellas. Jim, it's a ground floor opportunity. Yeah. You know, remember, it, it, it's not this massive free agent deal. He got a two-year, $8 million package, I guess. But for him, as a guy that started in this whole process seven years ago as a rookie minicamp tryout guy from Duke, yeah. and here he is playing for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and, and winning there and now coming in here as a ground floor opportunity. I think guys young enough to appreciate that want to – want to be a part of something like well, that. Well, he's earned it. Uh, again, he was an undrafted free agent. He's smart. He's tough. Uh, he's tough, excuse me, stuck there in, in Green Bay, and especially with a, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers because I guarantee you he, Aaron's changing things all the time up at the line of scrimmage. So this guy is a, a critical thinker that can switch gears pretty quickly because I think we've seen the pace that Aaron Rodgers plays at, and, and Coach Lugetzi knows it, Coach Eberflus knows it. That's – that's the pace they want Justin Fields to play at. Make no mistake about it. So Lucas is going to be really critical in Justin Fields' development. I mean, quarterback and center go hand in hand. They got to be on the same page more than anybody up front because they set everybody else. And so that's it's good. He's played a lot of football. He's played guard. He's played center, uh, like I mentioned. So and he's earned every bit of it. Uh, so welcome aboard and let let's get this thing going. You, you know, you guys, unless you're special like Olin and Jay were at the center position, you're not going to have a long-tenured career as an undrafted free agent at the offensive line if you're not a multiple-position player. And I think that's the unique traits that these guys that do last as long as they do when they do go undrafted is their talent becomes recognized immediately by somebody on the staff. And then they said, hey, can we cultivate the talent that they're offering us? And then when they finally do 
make the game day roster, can they be included on special teams? Can they be included on multiple positions on the offensive line? So then that gives them a lot more game day freedom when they're putting together the roster. So I'm excited to have the experiences that Lucas has already had with one of the best players in the National Football League. And some of those private conversations that he and Justin have can help Justin's growth and development and understand the way that he thought along with the process with the other quarterbacks he's played with. Tom, different topic, but uh, if you would have been a center, which you easily could have played as well, uh, would you have been a 10-year center in the National Football League? No, because I had more confidence playing offensive guard. Okay. In the in the times I you know in my senior year in college I played four games at left guard, four games at center, and then four games at right guard, and I played some center in the USFL and I backed up Jay. But in terms of I developed all my self-confidence in the weight room because I felt I was stronger, stronger than anybody I'd ever play against. But for some reason, I could never transfer that strength as a center that I could as a guard. All right, so uh, draft's coming up. Uh, Jim, sneak peek in our final moments here of the NFL owners meetings next week down here in South Florida uh, as they get ready to uh, get back to work on that after the uh, the COVID uh, last year not available for that kind of meeting with the media and whatnot. What, what are you uh, hearing? Or what will be the big topics? Uh, let's see if you can hear this. Did you hear that coin flip? Uh, nobody <laughs> wants a coin flip for overtime. So right. overtime is going to be a huge discussion, I think. Obviously, having two possessions, nobody wants a, a game to come down to that, what happened between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Why not give – uh, Josh Allen and the Bills another crack at it. So overtime is going to be all the discussion, and it, you know, there's already three rules changes by teams that are out there. I believe the Bills have proposed one, the Colts have proposed one, Titans have proposed one, and so they'll get the vote on it. You know, and I think uh, that's going to change. There probably is going to be more uh, special teams because they want to increase uh, the safety on special teams, and I think there's going to be some changes there as well, what the proposals will be. But overtime is really going to be the big discussion down there. Tom, is there anything you need to hear from General Manager Ryan Poles when he speaks to the media for the first time um, regarding free agency and, and what has been the business season? Um, not necessarily because I don't think he's going to give up a lot of information of what he's thinking with his draft choices. Is there a player out there he's targeting it, targeting that no one's going to know about that? So I think it's going to be a wait and see and learn about Ryan process for every one of us going along all the way probably through the first year of the, of this whole football season because, you know, things will change next year. However, um, when these guys come aboard, we're learning little bits about him. You know, when he came out and he said what he wants to see out of the offensive line, and then Matt Eberflus, what he expects out of this football team in terms of the running part of it. But um, I think there's a lot of things that we're going to be able to see once they hit the field. All right, quick hitter, Jim Miller, Tom there. Priority picks for the first – for the two, two second-round picks – you got priority picks, not names necessarily, but positions. Anything of priority, each of you. We'll start with Jim. Uh, I'm still going to say three technique until it gets uh, addressed, you know, I think from, from that standpoint. So uh, a quick, penetrating defensive tackle is uh, my priority. Tom? Um, I would like to see corner linebacker. 
Um, I think, you know, you have a, a guy like Roquan Smith that you could probably put in the place that he's needed the most. But if you can get another linebacker that can run side-by-side side with him at this age, it may help control that front seven of the defense in, like Jim says, the three-technique defensive tackle. But we need a corner also. Yeah, I, I say wide receiver corner, two options to look at. We'll break it all down as we inch toward the draft. Fellas, we're out of time tonight. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. From Jim Miller, Sirius XM NFL Radio and Top There. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks to Lucas Patrick and most of all to you for listening. And our producers tonight, Dan Barilli and Brian Callahan, here from 670 The Score. That's will do it for us tonight. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.